0: And we're going to be digging into some key uh, teaching of Jesus where he shared stories with his followers and those who were listening. And anytime you hear the teaching of Jesus, uh, there's some stuff that you can kind of take when you, you see it at first glance. But a lot of what you find is that there's, there's messages and there's principles and there's implications that the more you you dig in, that the more you actually can learn. And the scripture is meant to be actually lived out in life here and now. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to have different people within Church in the Valley who really make it go behind the scenes, who invest in people, who love people. And today, to kick off the series, uh, you guys are going to get the opportunity to hear from uh, Neil Walker. And Neil has been a longtime member of Church in the Valley, and he's the director of Christian Challenge at the University of Southern California. Any USC folks here today? Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, If I said alumni or if you've ever watched a game, everyone would raise their, their hand, right? So... Um, USC has, and the Christian Challenge has been a big part of our story here at Church in the Valley, uh, Alhambra. And one thing that I have watched Neil uh, do over the years is love people and make kingdom investments again and again. And so what you're going to hear from today is not only from the scriptures, but also uh, from his life. So if you guys could clap and let's invite Neil Walker up.
1: Now, can you hear me? There you go. It always helps when, you know, I just thought the guys liked me and back. They were waving. Hey, you know, it's like, hey. <laughs> hey, guys, how are you? Good to see you too. Uh, so um, as Alex mentioned, we're beginning a series today on um, stories um, to live by. And, and stories are great. I mean, I love stories. Uh, they're powerful teaching tools. We're going to be looking at things that Jesus said and, and stories he told. But stories are great. If I were to ask you, you know, I were to say, okay, tell me some stories that you've heard. You could tell me stories that people told you a long time ago. You could tell me stories probably from recently, but you would in somehow tell me how those stories have shaped the way you make decisions, have shaped the way you live your life. And the reason is because boy, stories are really impactful. They're, they're, they're very much. And Jesus loved to tell stories. He loved to tell stories. In fact, I I think for a variety of reasons, but two that I can think of in particular. One is you remember them. You remember them over and over and over. You've heard a story and you'll go back to it and you'll remember. In fact, today, long after you leave here, you'll remember stories as a way of remembering something that was said in the message today and you won't even remember what the point was, but you'll think, I remember that story. And so that, that's, you know, stories are powerful tools like that. Secondly, one of the reasons it's great to tell stories, sometimes when something is depicted in a story, or it's depicted in the life of another, we can see it so clearly, and we can't see it in the mirror at all. We look in the mirror and we think, I, I don't even see what they're talking about, but then somebody else starts describing it and we're going, am I like that? That's me. And so stories are, are, are great tools. The, the story Jesus tells today is a story that deals with a topic that impacts every single one of us. It's, it's a subject that we deal with every single day of our lives. In fact, how you handle it is going to really determine the, uh, the depth and the, the goodness of your relationships. It's going to determine your family. More importantly, it's going to determine your own life. It's going to determine your heart and some real differences that happen there. The topic is forgiveness, and Jesus tells this story in response to a question that Peter asked him. Peter uh, comes up and says, you know, how often should I forgive? And Jesus, when he tells this story, not only answers the question of how often do I forgive, but he also answers the questions of what is forgiveness, how do you forgive, and, and why must I forgive? So how do you know if forgiveness is an issue for you? How do you know if, if you know... How do you know if you have a need to be putting this into practice in your own life? Um, Well, let me ask you a question. Do you find yourself a lot of times angry or kind of, you know, bitter? Now, I mean, I'm not talking that you walk around in a perpetual state of anger all the time. You know, everybody talks, you know, I'm not talking that. I'm just talking that, you know what, there's something underneath the surface. And boy, every so often it boils over. And boils over. And it doesn't take much sometimes for it to rise up. You know, do you find yourself an angry person? Um, do you find yourself having conversations with people and they're not even there? They're just in your head? And you're like, oh, boy, I and then I said this, you know, and they're like, do you find yourself doing that? You know, some people, what I've found over the years, some people walk around angry. And they've walked around angry for so long they don't even remember why they're angry. They just know they're angry. And for many of them, you know, they, they look at that and they think, well, I have reason. And you start talking to them and they, they can't really, they can't really tell you what it is. Some people, I think they don't deal with this because they're not even aware of their anger. I'll bet you other people around them are. In fact, for you that are married, you know, if you're ever wondering, do I have a problem with anger? Ask your mate. You know, and some are going, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, ask your kids. If you're a kid, ask your parents. You don't want to do that. Either. I mean, you know, just check on that, find out, because I guarantee you what you'll find out is a lot of times there's anger things that are going on inside of us that really trip us up. Now, anger isn't one of those things. It's not like anger is, is like this bad thing. Anger can sometimes be good, but anger is kind of like, it's kind of like a nerve ending of your soul. You know, yesterday we were up with some friends in, uh, Ventura and we were walking around this farm area and looking at this stuff and picking these different crops and, and berries and stuff. And, and as the day went on, we'd been picking some of these berries along this uh, one uh, venture, this little kid and I, and we're walking along, we're picking some things. And then the more I would go along, I mean, I would rub over my finger, and I'd think, oh, ouch, ouch. And finally, when I got into a place in the light, I could see there was just this little bitty sliver. And I picked it up. But the thing that had been alerting me to that all day long was just the nerve endings. It had been saying, hey, 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 something's wrong. Something's wrong. That's what anger's like in our life. It's like the nerve ending of your soul. It tells you, you know, there's something wrong here. There's something you need to deal with. Now, some of you, it may be that you're, you know, not aware of it. Others, you are aware of it. But your idea is, you know, yeah, you know what, that's true. I'm going to deal with that someday. I need to do that. I'm going to calendar that. I'm going to deal with that later on. So let me tell you a story. Um, if you were to come to our house and you were to come in, um, many of you have been to our house, but if you haven't, let me just tell you, you kind of come in the front door and kind of like over here is this uh, step down into this kind of a den area. And then you walk on back, there's like a dining room and living room area. And over here's a kitchen, kind of a step down into the kitchen. And so here a few years back, we're we're in the living room, Melinda and I were at home, and uh, it was just the three of us, she and I and a little dog named Winston, and um, we're sitting there at this point, and as we're, as we're there, we're watching some movie, I don't remember what the movie was now, we're watching some movie, it was hot, I remember that. So we had the screen on the front door, you know, open, and we had the back door, which has no screen on it, we just had the back door open, and just kinda of get a breeze through there. And so we're sitting there, and as we're watching this movie, all of a sudden, we began to hear Winston, you know, and just going on. And I'm thinking, good night. We're trying to watch the movie. What do you, you know. And Melinda goes, what is the matter with him? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and so finally I get up and I'm getting ready to go over, you know, what is the matter with you? You know, we're trying to watch a movie. And so uh, I walk over and just as I walk to the kitchen, I see him right at the top of the stairs growling down into the kitchen. And I think, what? And I look down and there at his food bowl is the skunk. And I thought, oh. So you know what? I thought, well, we need to take care of that. <laughs> so I immediately pulled out my calendar and uh, put a date in there that I thought I would take care of it. <laughs> Went back over, sat down, started watching the movie, right? No. No. See, when there is a skunk in your house, you do anything you need to do. You do everything you need to do to get it out of your house. You don't want it in the house. And yet, you know what? Nobody has a story about a skunk that destroyed relationships or devastated a family or wrecked your heart. Nobody has a story like that. But I'll tell you what, we're so cavalier sometimes when there's things in our heart, we think, well, yeah, I need to deal with that. I'll deal with that someday. You know, I, yeah, I probably ought to write that down. I probably ought to do something about that. No, this is something, forgiveness is something you need to give your attention to right now. It needs to be something that you pay attention to right now. And so, let's look at what Jesus had to say. Jesus starts off in Matthew 18. This is when Peter comes to him. Matthew 18, verses 21, 22. It says, Then Jesus, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. You know, in most of our lives, we are just like Peter. Uh, we look at that and we think, we pretty much want to determine how we live. You notice Peter doesn't walk up and say, hey, what kind of attitudes should I have? He doesn't say it. How many times should I forgive? He pretty much wants to design his life. All he wants from Jesus is, what are the boundaries? How do I know when I've gone too far? Now, I plan to just do my life the way I want to do my life, but how far is too far? And that's what he asked Jesus. But did you see Jesus' answer? Not seven times, 70 times seven. Now, Jesus is not saying 490 times, start clicking them off. You know, "Oh, oh, that was 51. You know, he's not saying that. No, he's not saying that at all. What he's saying is, You need to develop a lifestyle of forgiveness. It needs to be something that you do all the time. How often do you forgive? As often as it's needed. As often as it's needed. Develop a lifestyle of forgiveness. So that's the very first thing they needed to know. That's the very first thing we need to know. Develop a lifestyle of forgiveness. But then Jesus goes on. In verse 23, he starts off, Therefore, and as we've mentioned many times, if there is a therefore, you need to see what? What it's there for. That's exactly right. You know, when you see therefore, you know there's something that it's there for. So he's referring back to this. He's saying, in light of the fact that forgiveness should be a pattern of your life, in light of that fact, let me tell you a story. So then he begins to tell them why and how to forgive. So he says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, the man who, a man who owed him about 12 million dollars was brought to him. Now, some of your translations may say something like 10,000 bags of gold. Others may say something like 10,000 talents. Now, most of you do not traffic in bags of gold or talents. And thus I'm giving you what that figure is today. It's like 12 million dollars. You know, that's how much he owed him. And he comes to him and he says this. And you see, the very first thing he says, He came to settle accounts. He came to settle accounts. The whole concept of forgiveness is born out of the fact that what we feel like is somebody owes me something. They owe me. They have done something. They have said something. They have taken something. Somebody owes me something. And so that's what he's talking about, too. He came to settle accounts. But I want you to get your mind wrapped around for a second. Did you see that second part there? The guy owed him $12 million. $12 million. Now, there was like a five kind of a county region right in there. And, you know, the entire taxes for a year for all of the population, for all of the population, for all five areas, was like $960,000 for the year. This guy owed like 12 and a half times what everybody owed. That's the point Jesus is making $12 million. You got to kind of get your mind wrapped around that. Then Jesus goes on. Since he was not able to pay the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold and, re, and to repay the debt at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. He begged and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Now, honestly, if he would have done that, now he was perfectly within his rights. You know, uh, your family and, and your wife, that was looked at as, as like part of your property. And so, you know, back then he could have sold the guy. He could have sold uh, his wife. He could have sold his children. Since he's obviously borrowed $12 million, he probably has a few assets. He could have sold all that. The master could have probably gotten a fair amount back. He could have gotten some restitution. But you see what he said? Instead, it says no. What he did was he canceled the debt and didn't didn't charge him at all. In doing so, what he does, he shows us what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a decision to cancel the debt of another. Forgiveness is a decision to cancel the debt of another in our life. Now, just as it's possible for you to hurt people, it's also possible for you to be hurt by people. That happens all the time. And you know, if we aren't careful, what happens is we carry that around with us over and over, year after year, season after season, we carry that around with us. Jesus said here, He canceled the debt and let him go. It's simply a decision. Now you may be sitting there thinking, "Now, Neil." uh, In fact, I know some of you are thinking, "Neil, you know what? It's really not that easy." (laughs) I mean, you make it sound like it's easy. It's not that easy. It is. No, 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 no. See, you don't know what happened. You're right. I don't. Well, they—they really. That, that, they really hurt me. That really hurt. I'm, I'm sure it did. But you know what? Carrying it around still and letting it stay inside, that's doing more damage. And you're like, well, but Neil, they, they don't deserve it. Okay. Well, we'll get back to that one. Um, you may be thinking, how is it that you just make a decision to forgive? How do you do that? How is it that you just make a decision? To forget. Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, it's kind of like this. The very first thing you do, um, you, you decide, you look at it and, and you decide, okay, what is it that, um, what is it that they did to you? What is, it? am I missing a page here? I am missing a page. whole oh, page. Remington probably has my page. Okay. <laughs> Remington, how do you have my page? Oh, well, um, I probably know what it says anyway. Uh, what you do is this. The very first thing you do, you know, identify, identify the, uh, identify the thing. Begin to figure, okay, who is it that has done something to you? Begin to think through that. Who is it? Who is it? Now, that may be one individual. That may be a variety of individuals. One of the things I've tried to do over the years is I'll, I'll take and um, I'll just sit down with a yellow pad and I'll begin to chart out there and begin to think, okay, you know, um, what is that? And I'll, I'll write out the person and then I'll think, okay, you know, who else? Is there somebody else? And I'll try to think through, identify the person, begin to think through it, begin to identify the second thing, you know, begin to identify what was it that they took? What was it that they did wrong by me? What, what was it may have been, maybe it was, you know, they took away um, something valuable to you. Maybe it was they took away respect. Maybe it was they took away, you know, uh, uh, some facet of your life. But, you know, what was it that they took? Maybe they took away a sense of trust. Maybe they took away um, a sense of dignity. Maybe, they, you know, you, I don't know what it was. But identify. Now you say, eh, is it really that important to identify? Yeah, it is. See, if I came to you right now and I said, hey, by the way, I wanted you to know, you know, while you were out of town, I kind of came by your house and, and took something. Hey, would you forgive me? What would be your question? Yeah, what was it? Why? I mean, just forgive, you know, just forgive. Well, it makes a difference if I said, you know, hey, I, I borrowed the garden hose or hey, I took your kid. Uh, You know, I mean, it's kind of... I mean, some of you are just like, which kid? Uh You know what I mean? But I mean, you know, I understand that. But, you know, what I'm saying here is, you know... It makes a difference. You need to identify specifically what was it that they took. You cannot truly forgive until you do that. You have to do that. You have to identify. You have to uh, do that. Third thing, cancel the debt. Cancel the debt. Make a decision. I forgive them. I forgive them. They do not owe me. Let it go. Cancel the debt. Then the fourth thing, close the case. Close the case. If you haven't figured it out yet, when you begin to forgive, one of the things that happens is this. The enemy will come around a lot of times, and and you think, oh yeah, I f- I forgave, and all of a sudden he'll bring this thing up again, and somebody will come around, and you'll begin to have this kind of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and inside you're kind of churning and stuff like that, you know, or or you begin to remember something, and you kind of get stirred up inside. Well, let me let me give you three things you can do there. One, well, I'll give them to you, and then I'll just tell you about them. You know, don't rehearse it, don't repeat it, don't reuse it, don't rehearse it. Don't repeat it. Don't reuse it. First thing, don't rehearse it. Don't rehearse it in your heart. Don't go around in your heart and just run the tapes again and again and again. Don't rehearse it. Second thing, don't repeat it. Don't repeat it to others. Have you ever noticed that a lot of times when you've been done wrong, one of the things you want to do is you want to go tell other people. So you'll go over and you'll start telling. And sometimes they, they're they not as overwhelmed by that as you were. So you think, oh, I probably didn't remember that right. It was probably bigger. And then they slapped me. And they slapped you, yeah. They weren't even around, but they did. And, uh, you know, then you start building this thing. The more you repeat it, the more it gets bigger and bigger in your mind. Don't repeat it. And then don't reuse it. When you forgive someone, what you're actually saying is this. I'm never going to bring this up to use against you again, never. That wasn't me. Uh, you know, you're, you're never going to do it. It's never, um, it's never going to be something that you're going to bring up either in, uh, in the things you say, or in the way you act towards them. You're never going to do that. So don't rehearse it. Don't repeat it. Don't reuse it. Let me give you an example. Um, I had a uh, friend a number of years ago that. Um, this guy uh, i 'll call him bob for for protection purposes uh we'll say Bob, and so if you 're Bob out there, it's not you okay so um but you know there's this guy, and so this guy i 'll tell you what he had been a guy who was really supposed to be you know a a dear friend. he was supposed to be a guy who was really kind of watching over some things for us and and um you know a a kind of a go to kind of a guy. And over the course of a couple of years, what I began to find out was this guy, oh, my gosh, had been so dishonest. He'd been so disloyal. He had had not only wrecked the friendship, there had been a ton of betrayal and just slander and things that had gone on. And here was the thing. This guy was really respected. And so every time I would be around, you know, a group of people or something, they would say, Oh, hey, do you know so-and-so? And And they would tell me what a wonderful guy this guy was. And I remember thinking, you know, and I needed to tell my story. And, boy, I'll tell you what, I needed to tell it for a variety of reasons. You know, one of the reasons I needed to tell it, boy, I was afraid if I didn't, he was going to get away with it. And people weren't going to know. You may think he's a nice guy. He's a worm. Oh, my gosh, let me tell you that. You know, the second, second thing was, you know, I needed to tell it because I was afraid that people might admire him and not really know that, no, he's not to be admired. You know, the third thing, I was really worried that um, God might bless him and he might not suffer. And he might not actually, you know, he might actually have blessing in his life like he was innocent. And so I held on to this anger year after year after year until finally one day I realized that and I thought, this, this is crazy. And I decided, you know what? I need to forgive. I need to forgive. Now what, did I forgive him because he deserved it? No. Had he really come and asked for it and so therefore I was, no. Was it, was it a case that, you know, uh, you know, I finally figured out, yeah, but all the good things he's done has about, no. It was simply a decision. A decision to forgive. And so when I did, one of the things I noticed was that when I forgave, there was kind of, kind of a little bit of a weight that was lifted off. I was kind of like, wow. I began to realize he, he probably hadn't been experiencing any of the problems of me not caring about him or not forgiving him. It was been me that had been carrying that around. But I also noticed that, you know, his name would come up and there'd still be this kind of, and I think, why is that? And I thought, well, you know why, Neil? Because you've been in a training program. You have trained yourself for years. That when you hear his name, you rehearse all of the bad things. That's what you do. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I hadn't really thought of myself being in a training program, but I had. I'd been training myself. And I thought, okay, well then I need to retrain myself. So I said, well, God, how do I do that? He said, well, do you think I've done anything in his life? And I thought, well, yeah. I mean, obviously people pointed out all the time. And he said, well, maybe you ought to rehearse that. And I thought, Ah shoot. Uh so I did. And you know what? His name would continue to come up in different conversations with people, but every time it came up, what I would do is I would begin to rehearse, Wow, God, thank you for the way that you made him such a leader. Thank you for the gifts you gave him over here. Thank you for the way he can communicate. Thank you for this. Thank you for and I would rehearse the things that God had said. Again and again and again. And what I found out was one day his name was mentioned. There was nothing there. It was kind of like, in fact, I thought, yeah, he's a good guy. And I thought, whoa, where did that come from? And all of a sudden I realized my heart was free. I did not have to get under that anger and hatred and lack of forgiveness. Now, some of you, you hear that, and boy, I'll tell you what, there's names that come to mind. There's faces that come up. Some of you, I mean, you know, there's not just one face, there's multiple faces. And for some of you, you know, you think, uh, well, it's pretty obvious what I, 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 you know, I I can see it. For others of you, you know, you may be in a place I was in in May. In May, I was walking around and... And I was just kind of, I found myself, you know, just kind of irritated. Have you ever found yourself that way? You just kind of walk around and you're just like, I'm just irritated. You know, and people would say things to me like, you need a vacation. And I'd think, I don't need a vacation. Uh, you know, and, and I would just be, you know, I'd walk around just kind of irritated. And finally, I'm sitting there one day and, and you know, I think it was my wife who who sometimes will point out things. Um, to me and, um, she said uh, something like, you know, you, 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 uh, you seem frustrated, said, frustrated. And, uh, she, yeah. And I said, well, and I walked out and so I do what I do sometimes. So when I'm thinking about this, I went out and I was working in the yard, just trying to do something, you know, because I can think. So I'm out there and I thought, what am I frustrated about? So I thought, where's my yellow pad? So I, you know, I go in and get my little pad and I start writing. and I thought, what am I really frustrated? I and mean, you know what I realized? It wasn't like one thing like this had been. It was a series of things over the course of this past school year. You know, there was this person, then there was this person, then there was this person, then there was this person. And what had happened was very imperceptibly, very subtly, that had clung to my soul to where, you know, the boiling point was just right here. And all it took was just one little comment or one little incident. It was like, and I thought, wow, that's bad. So I began to write out, okay, what did they take? What happened? And I began person by person to just go through and then just say, canceled, 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 canceled. And what I felt was after that, like, a total freedom. In fact, by the time we were getting ready to go on vacation, I thought, I don't even need a vacation. I'm good now. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm good to go. I can start back to school tomorrow. Uh, you know, I mean, it was good because what had been weighing my heart down, what had been weighing my life down, had not been tiredness. I mean, yeah, you're always tired. Good night, it's May. But, you know, what had been weighing my heart down was just the need to forgive, the need to let it go. So some of you... Um, I want you to think with me for a minute. Think with me. You know, um, answer three questions. Would others characterize you as easily angry? You know, um, maybe not all the time, but bent that way, easily angry. If so, what fuels that? Who owes you? Who owes you? Secondly, what are the most meaningful ways that God has shown you forgiveness in life? See, here's one of the things you're going to find out. That you can't forgive unless you've really experienced forgiveness. When the master comes and talks to him in a passage that I didn't have because I don't have it in my notes up here, which you should bring your notes with you when you come to speak. But, you know, in there, in the second part of the verse right there, he's speaking to Jesus. And, I mean, Jesus is speaking to them. And he says, the master finds out that this slave who he had just forgiven $12 million, he went out and found a slave that owed him 20 dollars and says pay me and the guy goes i can't pay right now I'll pay later and he begins to have him thrown into prison which then the other slaves report back to the master uh-oh and when they do you know the master then comes and says you wicked slave what were you doing i forgave you 12 million dollars what are you thinking with him you know what he was thinking yeah but but but, but he owes me see you can't really forgive other people if you haven't really been forgiven yourself. It doesn't make sense. But if you've been forgiven, it's not only um, it not only makes sense to you. It's required of you. It's required. What Jesus says to him there is, you know, when you look at the way that I forgave you, you ought to be the first to forgive any offense. In fact, what I would say to you today is if you're struggling as a follower of Jesus, if you're struggling, now some of you know you've never begun to follow Jesus, and and that so some of that doesn't make sense because you've never experienced forgiveness. But for those of you that have, and I would say, you know, if you're having real struggles with forgiveness, it's because you're focusing on what's been done to you rather than what's been done for you. If you focus on what's been done for you, you'll find it very easy. To forgive others. Now it may take some time. It may be a process. But when you realize the magnitude. Of what you've been forgiven. Versus. What you need to forgive. It's not hard. It's not hard. So one of the things. Maybe think about what is the most meaningful ways. God has shown you forgiveness. Third. Who do you need to forgive. You know just think about it. Who owes you? What do they owe? Will you forgive? Who owes you? What do they owe? And will you forgive? When you begin to look at that, when you begin to actually put that into practice in your life, you're going to really notice some change. One of the things you're going to notice is your heart is much lighter. You walk around with a, a a sense of freedom in your life. You walk around with a sense of peace in your life that ought to be there all the time. You'll also begin to notice there's there's a difference in your relationships. There's a sweetness about your relationships. Why? Because people know that you readily forgive. They know you let things go. They know you don't hold on to them, you know. It's said of some people, you know, when they get upset, they don't become hysterical. They become historical and they bring up all of the things from the past. You know, no, don't do that. Just let it go and you'll find your relationships are sweet, but you know, really importantly too, you'll find family life is something you really enjoy because if you haven't noticed it or not, you get around your family, there's a lot to forgive with you too. So, uh, you know what? each one of those, as you begin to really live that out, you'll notice there's a major difference in your relationship, in your family, in your heart. So for next steps for you today, for some, maybe you need to accept the forgiveness of God for the very first time in your life. You know, maybe maybe it's been a situation where you think, you know what? I've never really seen my need for that. Well, When you rightly understand things, what you understand is, you know what? God, by his grace, has already provided a way for forgiveness to take place. All you have to do is simply accept it. And then you can have a right relationship with him. He leads the way. He sets the pace in forgiveness. For others of you, um, maybe you need to remind yourself. Maybe you already have accepted that, but maybe you need to remind yourself that God's forgiveness is not something that you earned. It's not something you deserved. It's possible for us to walk with God for a while. And after we've come to know him, to kind of really have this idea in our mind, boy, God got a bargain when he got me. Man, I'll tell you what. In fact, he was probably like he was out shopping for a car and he goes, oh, that one. Mm -hmm." No, you are a wreck. Okay. He brought you in. He restored you. You were a wreck. You weren't a bargain. And so maybe you just need to remind yourself of that this week. And what you need to do is you need to rehearse what God has done for you so that it begins to soften your heart in this regard. Or third, for many of you, you need to decide to forgive and you fill in the blank. It may be one. It may be many. Um, a lot of times what i found in my life is when I think, well, there's probably just one or two. Then I sit down with my yellow pad. I find out there's six or seven. Other times when I'll think, there's probably so many, I'll sit down with my yellow pad. There's one. And, uh, you know, so just sit down, figure it out, and then go before God and say, you know what, God? I'm going to choose to forget. I'm going to identify this. I'm going to spell it out. I'm going to cancel the debt. I'm going to close the case. It's over. It's done. Now, if you choose to do that, what I can promise you is this. You'll begin to notice a difference in relationships, but more importantly, you'll begin to notice a difference in yourself. You'll just approach life differently you approach life with a much greater sense of, of gratefulness and humility and thankfulness just out of what God has done for you and how you in turn are sharing that with others. So let me invite the uh, band back up and I'll pray for us and uh, you think about next steps. Father, thank you that uh, you didn't wait. For us to try to make everything up to you, but instead you really, uh, you really made the way, you really paved the way for us to have uh, forgiveness from you, for us to have um, life from you. So Father, would you help us as dearly beloved children to imitate you, to live a life of love, to live a life of forgiveness? And to really model that in the way we do family, in the way we do relationships, and just in the way we tend our heart. Help us to not be so foolish as to think we can just set that aside for another time. But help us to deal with it immediately as you bring it up to us. And we pray those things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.